0: Generally, I'm teaching on the heart of God, and uh, because we are learning about our heart and how deceitful it is, when the Lord clears our heart through his word, things can get a little heavy. See, when you have a glass or a cup that has sediments in the bottom and it's empty, there are two ways to clear or clean their glass. One is emptying their glass completely and just cleaning it out. But how the Lord does this, He fills it with water, and then it overflows, and pretty soon the dirty water is removed. But when he fills it with water, what was clean or looked clean will now look murky. And this could be happening in our souls. Because the word is cleansing us. that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But this is a time to hang in there, to allow, the word to cleanse you, even though we see otherwise. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes? Do you do understand? So let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 3 onwards. Like I said, this is just the foundation of why I'm teaching, what I'm teaching about Ephesians being our battle manual. We must understand that the victory has been won. Though things are murky as we see it, it's because our hearts are being cleansed by the word. And we must know that there is a battle. There is no teamless tri-zone. But the Lord has won that battle for us. But there is a battle inwardly. Do you understand? Between our fallen nature and the spirit of God. These are my words. I'm just trying to make you understand. Yes? But in all this we are more than Congress in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He loved me. So when things get heavy, we must keep in mind that the battle has been won. There is a battle, but it has been won. There is no demonist try zone We can do all things through Christ. And we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works which He has ordained beforehand that we might walk in them. In Ephesians 4 it says, walk worthy of our calling. In Ephesians 2.10 it says this, we are His workmanship, calling in Christ Jesus. Yes? In Christ we are His workmanship. Yes? So we must understand that while all these things are going on, we have won the victory. We are more than conquerors in Christ. I give this example that I have heard of a boxer who fights and wins a title match and he takes home the money but his wife is more than a conqueror because all she does is enjoy the money so because we have God as our inheritance we are like that wife who just gets that inheritance from God Jesus has been there and done that on the cross he said it is finished He's reconciled us to God our Father. And to enable us to overcome this world, God our Father has given us the Holy Spirit of God. With the Holy Spirit of God, and only with the Holy Spirit of God, can we overcome this world. Because we are a subset right now. And this subset... Can overcome the majority Because God lives in us We are the temple of the Holy Spirit Is that clear? And that's why I'm teaching about our victory But for that there is a battle That we must know to fight Fight the good fight of what? Faith Paul said that Do you understand? But the victory has been won already and this is what I'm teaching about and these are the scriptures that the Lord is leading me to read right now for you to understand. It is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. This is a Past tense. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That means we need not pray for another spiritual blessing. We can pray for boldness and as the disciple prayed to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. And you read that in the book of Acts to understand. But spiritual blessings he's already given us. Do you understand? He's blessed us in whom? In Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy, set apart for him and without blame. Seek first what? The kingdom of God. And it's what? Righteousness. Right standing with him. And all the other things shall be added unto you. David strengthened himself in the Lord before he sought the Lord. We, we do things the opposite way. We say, God, make me holy, make me holy. It's like telling God, make me humble, humble me, humble me, humble me. Well, it's your responsibility humble yourself before the Lord I taught you all that just like that the holiness is your choice like in the movie matrix when the bullets came at Neo he said no and the bullets stopped right there just like that you can stop the fiery darts of the evil one by what faith the shield of faith is that clear Yes So having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he is made us accepted in the beloved, that just means for you to understand that this salvation is a gift. It's not because you deserve it. Because God decided, okay, I will send my son. Because he loved us that much. It's not because of your performance. Understand me correctly. Yes. It's not because of what you do that you got saved. It is because of what he did. And he said on the cross, it is finished. In him, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood. Yes, we are redeemed. And he says the forgiveness of sins, we're forgiven according to the riches of his grace. That means it's unmerited favor. It's not because we did some penance. Like a woman I know on the train that I met said the name of her quote unquote God some two or three lakh times. For her healing. And Jesus healed her on the spot. Right there and right then. It's a gift of God. Do you understand? Yes. Which he made. To abound towards us. In all wisdom and prudence. In all what? Wisdom and prudence. In this there is a key. That we must understand. In Psalm 51, it says you need that the Lord wants what? Truth in our uh, inward being. And if you have that truth, he will teach us what? Wisdom. And that wisdom, to understand that wisdom, you must what? Have truth in the inward being. And through that wisdom, you can overcome. Yes? Through all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure with which He purposed in Himself. What is His will? That all men be saved. So go preach the gospel in whatever way that you can. It may be with sermons like I'm preaching. It may be through music. It may be through arts. I don't know. What has God given you? He's able to Make beauty from what ashes? So he's able to restore. But are you willing to go by faith? Launch out into the deep. Not blind faith. There must be a word to launch out from the Lord. It's not blind. If the Lord didn't say, if Jesus didn't say, launch out into the deep, and they went fishing, nothing would have happened. But because he said that, they overcame the circumstances, which was what? That it was day. He said, nobody goes fishing. Have you heard a word from the Lord? Then launch out into the deep. Don't be afraid of what might happen and what is this. Put your faith in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your understanding, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your paths. Where does it say that? Proverbs 3. Read 5-7, to yes? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. This is talking about the future gathering of the believers. You do you understand? Yes, that includes the rapture and everything, but I'm not going to go into that. Yes, in him, verse 11, also. Now, when it says in him, also, it means it's a second portion, but in most Bibles, it's the same paragraph, meaning this is a separate idea. Yes, in him, I'm reading from Ephesians 1, verse 3 onwards, I'm on verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Christ is the one he sent. Yes? Being predestined according to the purpose of him. His purpose is determined. It's not talking about, Okay, Charles will be saved, but not Anju. God has not predestined that, for it is the will of God that all men be saved. Because some people don't understand this, there's a lot of wrong Teaching, Even a lot of wrong theology. That has become a denomination. Or what predetermination is. At the end of that, I asked someone who was in this belief. I said, well, then why do you need to even evangelize? Because God has ordained some people to be saved and other people not to be saved. Then what's the need for evangelization? If God has determined that Charles will be saved no matter what. That's the end of that. Do you, do you understand? Yeah? yeah? Of course not. I'm being over symbolistic, but do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah? But understand this is the gift of God. This thing called salvation, the helmet of salvation, yes? Verse 12 That we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In Christ isn't the one God has sent. Trust in the one God has sent. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yes. And should be what? The praise of his glory. Are you the praise of his glory? When your neighbor looks at you? Or are you saying things emotionally? Which mean nothing? And those are empty words which... Other people can promise. I was talking to a person about other religions. They'll teach you all wonderful things. In fact, when I was 8 or 9, I studied the Bhagavad Gita. It contains a lot of good, excellent principles, which Krishna taught Arjuna. But does that lead you to salvation? You can have all the teachings in the world, you can win everything but lose your soul. But in Him, if you have wisdom in Him, in the Lord, your Creator, He will teach you how to overcome this world step by step, day by day and it starts with you inside. That is why when you learn about your heart and things get murky. Don't give up. Hang in there. The word will set you free. Is that clear on what I'm saying? Yes? The battle has been won. Our soul has been saved. Jesus said on the cross, I'm finished or it is finished? It is finished. Yes? Is it clear? Yes? So, we you first trusted in Christ? This is important. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Walk by what? Faith and not by sight. In him you also trusted. In verse 13 it says, After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of what? Promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of of promise. Without the Holy Spirit, all this becomes empty. You will get burned out. You need to have a relationship with the Lord. For even tying your shoelace, I am being over simplistic. Do you understand? Now, don't get spooky. What I'm saying is, you need to have a relationship with the Lord. And if you don't have that relationship, you're dead in the water. And if you want that relationship, it's not rocket science. All you need to do is what? Ask. And He'll give you the Holy Spirit. How much more? You will give your children bread if they're hungry, yes? How much more will our Father in Heaven give us the Holy Spirit? But so that you are not deceived, he has given you the word which will not be contradicted by by the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. Do you understand? So you need to know the word so that you are not deceived because any other spirit can masquerade itself as being the Holy Spirit. And one of the things, an easy deception is emotion. Yes, emotions are created by God, but, but but God himself says, Be angry, yet do not, what? Sin. Yes, that means what? You must be in control of the emotions, not the other way around. Don't do anything emotionally. I once, last month, had to stop the worship because it was getting in the emotional territory. I don't want anything done emotionally. It's clear yes So verse 13 again In him you trusted After you heard the word of truth Because the truth set you free to trust him Yes The gospel of your salvation In whom having believed You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise Yes Holy Spirit of what Promise Here is something for you to meditate All the promises In Christ are Yes, and Amen. In Christ, yes. Who activates this promise in our life? Christ does or the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit does. Who makes these promises available to us? Christ does. Who gave these promises? God our Father did. Am I clear? They are all one and the same. But without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. All the promises through Christ are yes and amen. So we have access to those promises through the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you claim something, it's good that you claim, but maybe God will hear, hear your prayers and send you the truth like He's doing right now. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, this session asks the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the Father will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Don't think you're okay. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Do you understand? I'm on verse 14. Who, talking about the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, a couple of months ago, I bought an air conditioning. I wanted to check how long the guarantee was. I think they said one year or five years. I don't know what. Do you understand? But here, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of a inheritance whose inheritance your inheritance our inheritance whose inheritance in psalm 16 it says god is a inheritance how do i know all this because i read the word just like you should read the word yes am i clear on this yes who's a guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption again some time in the future. This is a prophecy uh, of the purchased possession. You and I are purchased by the blood of Jesus on the cross. What do you have to do? All you have to do is put your faith in him and by grace you are saved. But it is your choice. Heaven and hell are before you. The book of life, no one is going to force you to get your name written on that I may compel you I may say please do this it's good for you because otherwise you will spend eternity away from God where even hell will be thrown in you will be in the lake of fire this is not a message of condemnation don't condemn yourself you will not be in the lake of fire not if you're hearing this message and put your trust in the Lord to save you because it's not your effort, it's a gift from God, yes? But to overcome this world, the life in its fullness for which God has come, eternal life and life in its fullness. Yes? John 10:10, 10, 10, yes. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, how will you have life in your fullness? How will you have hope and joy? Romans 15:13 says, be filled with hope, yes? All these scriptures I'm giving you so that you can look them up later. I'm not going to go through that now. But what I'm stressing is the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you have a relationship with God, which some of you lack. You think you do, and you think you're doing well. You may have memorized the Bible in seven languages, umpteen different languages, and worship, but all that is futile if you can't overcome this world can you overcome the world if not it's just futile are you really a Christian are you giving glory to God how is God glorified his name is lifted up his word is lifted up through you because you overcome whatever is thrown at you is that clear yes so he's the guarantee and we must praise God the praise of his glory yes in Ephesians says, praise of his glory is that clear so lay aside your sins your burdens whatever is troubling you come to God just as you are is that clear let's worship him We are studying about our battle manual that is Ephesians. Understand the battle has been won by whom? By Jesus, not by you, yes? But at the same time, we are not in a demilitarized zone, meaning we are not at peace with the world. There's either the world with whom we have a battle with inside, or we are with the Lord, with whom there is peace, because he's, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I explained more, yes, in, uh, in my teaching before. Yes, you can go through that. Now, last week I started on the 40 Ds that I taught earlier that you find inefficient I call it the 40 days yeah the first thing is walk worthy of the calling with which you were called for to do that you need to know your calling yes and your calling is not given by another person saying okay you do this I'm reminded of a person was a pastor who said who said to me long time ago why don't you come with me to north of india where i need help distributing tracts i thought okay that's a good thing because i had just come to the lord yes so i went to my pastor and i said this man of God said this and immediately my pastors face changed I was wondering why and he said one thing does he pray for you what he meant is does he pray that you walk worthy of your calling because I am not called to go to north of India to distribute tracks at that time also it says Paul said in, to the believers that he labors like he's in childbirth for Christ to be formed in you. Is Christ really forming in you? Because I find myself laboring for the same thing. And I used to complain to the Lord, why, am, why is Christ not formed in them. They ought to be teachers right now. But I'm teaching the basic principles. Is that Paul had to go through the same thing. He wrote about that. I said, where? And the Lord led me to that scripture. So Christ is formed in you. That is just a baby, but walk worthy of your calling. Don't tolerate sin in any form. And you can only not tolerate sin if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, what devices tools do you have? Your willpower? And we are learning and we have learned that our heart is deceptive. A man thinks every way is right. His ways are right. But the Lord weighs our hearts. So are you walking worthy according to the word or according to emotions? Who is your God? This is finally your problem, not mine. Because I'm teaching you the word. You decide whether you're going to live by it or not. And you'll be accountable to the Lord for it you will not have an excuse on that day. Like I said, this is not a message of condemnation, but you need to do your part and not push a button and think, oh, God will do everything. God is not an instant coffee vending machine What worthy of your calling. And then I taught you about how we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ a According to the flesh yet now we know him thus no longer why is it that Paul said that we don't regard even Christ according to the flesh because everything of the flesh opposes The spirit. There's a great secret. If you want to call it a secret. There's a great key in this. Christ died on the cross to what? Reconcile us to the father. It's not complete yet. What he had to do, he said on the cross, it is finished, yes? But it is complete when you and me are filled with with the Holy Spirit and that is the day of Pentecost that is when you are filled with the power from on high promised Holy Spirit is that clear? yes so we don't regard anything to the according to the natural because what is of natural or what is of spiritual is foolishness to natural man If I were to say something spiritual to the natural person, it is foolishness. Because in the natural senses, it doesn't make sense. It requires faith. You say you have faith, everybody has faith. Otherwise you won't put your card in the ATM machine, yes? You have faith in the ATM machine, yes? To spew out money, yes? Your money, yes? But you have faith in Christ, He's the author of that faith. Do you understand? So there is a difference between the flesh and the spirit. And you're called to walk according to the Spirit. Keep your mind on things above, not beneath. Yes? Go to 1 Corinthians 3 3. I taught you about this last week. And I even mentioned this now. For you are still carnal. For there are envy, strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere means what? Ordinary men. You are not an ordinary human being. You are filled with God himself and that makes you super human. Repeat after me. I am Superman. Don't jump off a building yet, yeah? But you know what I'm talking about. You're not a mere human being. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that paves the way for connection with God himself who is the creator of everything. And then you will have wisdom. Is that clear? Yes. And I spoke about, in length about, Ephesians 4, 11, to 11 onwards. Yes. It says, Come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, let's go to Ephesians 4.14. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I explained about the guitar pedal that I needed to buy how there was deceitful plotting on YouTubers, reviewing one pedal, because when I watch that, I want that pedal. But when I watch this, I want that pedal. This is de- deceitful plotting, yeah? The trickery of men, yes? Especially of the company that makes the pedal, yes? Do you understand? So no longer be tossed to and fro like children. How do you do that? What studies you? The Word of God. Running your mind on the Word of God. So that when you take the wrong bus and you get on the right bus, you don't get emotional like somebody did yesterday. They took a bus that said Canada (laughs) and they went to Canada instead. They said, this is not going to Canada. And the driver had the audacity to say, we didn't do it on purpose. From what I heard, they asked for their money back also. The money is long gone, said. But don't be tossed to and fro. Don't be led by the emotions that you have. Yes, we all have emotions. But don't let that be your God. Don't be like children. They're emotional, yes? That is what makes us adults. Part of what makes us adults. Now, here, go to Galatians 4.19. But this is different when it's Paul is saying, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That Paul is actually, when I look at it, is insulting them. But this is not an insult, but do you understand? You ought to be teachers by now. But you're like little children. What does that mean? What does little children do? They get tossed to and fro. So what does Paul have to do? Labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Don't let emotions guide you and rule you. But let the word of the Lord guide you and rule you. Now, some a long time ago, after I came to Christ, there was someone, somebody who always used to preach to me. It's not my pastor, but he used to tell me the word of God and all that. So I think we were at a house and having lunch, not his house, somebody else's house. I told him. Did you know that Paul's father was crucified with Christ? He looked at me like, no, I don't know that. No, it's biblical and it says that in the Bible. Where does it say that? I said, I'll tell you. Go to Ephesians 4.22. This is not the scripture I gave him, but it says, That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Yes? So, Paul says, "Is old man is crucified with Christ. Yes? Elsewhere. Yes? I'm not going to go into that. So, old man is the colloquial expression for your father. Yes? Except don't call your father the old man. He'll hit you sideways. Yes? Do you understand? And that is a warning to to my children also, yes? (laughs) Are you laughing, Steve? Put off the old man. That means there is a fleshly nature that we need to put off. I spoke to somebody about translations. And I think I was talking about uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. In their translations that they were de- uh, reading, God does the, all the work. But in the translation that I used to teach, we have to renew our mind, not God. It says, Put off the old man. Who does the putting off? You or God? We do. It's our prerogative. We have to decide to put off the old man. Do you understand? Now, you read 22. Yeah? Ephesians 4. You read, um, go from 23 onwards. Yeah? It says, put on the new man. That means be renewed in the spirit of your mind, yes? And it says, uh, Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is difficult for us to understand because we know our sin nature. And that will be with us till the day we die. Or, till the day that we are raptured in this body which is fallen there is a sin nature we need to overcome that by putting off the old man and putting on the new man yes go to romans 12:2 says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove What is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So you have to renew your mind in the Word. God is not automatically going to download the scriptures in your brain. If you have read it once, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance, but you got to read it. Is that clear? And who will bring it to your remembrance? Your mind or the Holy Spirit? That is why you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because your mind is capable of thinking lots of things. And sometimes I ask you, look in the Bible. Even though I say a scripture reference and you say the exact thing, I say, look in the Bible. What does it say in your Bible? And most people take out their phones and check the Bible. There's nothing wrong with reading your Bible on the phone. But there is something, when right, that happens in your brain when you read the Bible from a printed book. Because then you will remember where the scripture is. Like, for example, I have told you this before. I still remember from my first Bible where Psalm 23 is located. It's on the bottom right side of the page. That was my first Bible. I still can see those scriptures if I close my eyes. But in the phone when you read the scriptures, there's nothing wrong with it. But one time it's on the top of the screen, the other time. It's in the bottom of the screen. Can doesn't I don't know, not for me. Doesn't recall that way. To understand. Maybe my brain works differently from yours. But you ought to have a physical Bible, a printed Bible. Not that the phone is not physical, not yet anyway, yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So I'm talking about the four T's Now put away lying Go to Ephesians 4.25 Therefore putting away lying Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor For we are members of one another Put away what? Lying Who is the father of all lies? The devil or Satan Do you understand? put away lying why do you put away lying because you are going against creation itself this morning sister Susan and brother Abraham were sitting with all the lights off so I said in Genesis 3 or 1 verse 3 it says don't disturb me with the phone or whatever is there keep it on silent. Please don't disturb me. Yeah? What was I saying? Here? Genesis 1 verse 3 says, let there be light. Yes. So I said, turn the tube light on. Yes. What was I saying? Actually, I got disturbed by the phone before that. yeah? Yes. Creation. Yes. Don't, if you have your phone, put it on silent. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get disturbed and have this flow of thought interrupted as it is the room is small yes please please understand this and you ought to know this by now the Lord said let there be light yes is that truth or is that a lie and if you lie then you're not speaking the truth are you no man can control the tongue yes but the Holy Spirit can help you That's why you ought to put away, what? Lying, because lying is of the devil. And if you don't have power, check your life to see if you lie. Because if God had given me power a long time ago, there'll be a lot of donkeys driving their cars. Because every time someone did something wrong, I blessed them. This is my way of saying I did not bless them, yes? I uttered something. And if my tongue had power then at that time, speaking, they would have turned into that. Probably why you don't have power. Do you understand? You ought to put away lying. This is important. Says that in Scripture. Through and through, but we are going through if the 40 days of Ephesians. Yeah, it says, Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Go to Ephesians 4:26. That's the next verse. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Yes? That means what? You have emotions, we all do, we were created like that. But our emotions are God. Forgiveness is a good example of that. You think you have forgiven everybody, but some people say, I don't want to forgive that. Why? Because they're led by emotions. I was talking to someone, according to Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. And it continues, here. Yeah? But what is love in one Corinthians? It says there, right there. What? Love always cries or love always hopes? Ah. So be in control of your emotions. Don't let your emotions control you. Be angry and do not sin. Do you understand? It's very clear. I'm not telling you to be stoic about it and have no emotions like Spock. The only thing he he got right was what? Live long and prosper. That too Leonard Nimoy got it from a Jewish blessing which is of the Lord. Live long and prosper. This is not a Vulcan sign, by the way. Sparkles Vulcan from another planet, yes? Or like data, emotionless in the new generation. Do you understand? We have emotions, but don't let our emotions be our God. Go to Psalm 138, verse 8. Or before that, go to Matthew 5, 48. It says, therefore you shall be perfect, Just as your heavenly, your father in heaven is perfect. This bothered me because though I say to you that I am perfect, I actually am not perfect. It bothered me a little bit. Until I read what the Lord had to say about it. It says what? Be perfect. Yes, you shall be what? Perfect you what shall that means it's a work in progress it's not just a few tens starting now immediately you will continue to be perfected and that aligns with a scripture that is in Psalm 138 verse 8 says the Lord will perfect that which concerns me your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Who will perfect that which concerns you? The Lord. So you got to be filled with the Lord, yes? It's not like he pushes a button in heaven and then you are perfected on earth. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he will perfect that which concerns you. If you were a rascal, he will de-rascalize you. The Lord, through his mercy, endures forever. And he'll perfect that which concerns us. Is that clear? I'm making it very short so that you understand what the forty days forty Ds are from Ephesians, how it is a battle manual. You need to meditate on these scriptures. Go through this recording again. Yes. And Ephesians 4.27. Nor give place to the devil. Yes. It says that, yes. But it's part of a sentence. Which starts in Ephesians 4.26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Yes? Meditate on that. But go to Romans thirteen fourteen. Earlier we read to put off the old man and put on the new man. Yes? Now in Ephesians uh, in Romans thirteen fourteen. Romans thirteen fourteen it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust is put on whom the Lord Jesus Christ now why because it says you will not make provisions for the flesh for the flesh wages against a war against what the spirit yeah provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust are you making provisions for the flesh the word provisions in the original language carries the idea of thinking about what you will do in the event of something happening because making provisions by itself is not a bad thing because okay if this happens you will if there is a fire in the building you will take the fire exist that is a provision to understand I remember when I was in um the boarding school uh, in Switzerland or, yeah, the fire alarm went off. I immediately started running, and my friends thought I was running away from danger, but I was running towards the fire hose. Because I knew if I opened the fire hose and took the fire out, then if I locate the fire, I can put that fire out. I was running. Towards that. Why? Because I had made provision in my mind. I checked, okay, this is where the fire hose is. No matter where I am in the building, every floor has one. This is where I run towards. And I ran towards that. That's making a provision. But it says don't make a provision for the flesh. If we think about pleasing our flesh, we furnish or we fill up the tanks with fuel to make it happen. Do you understand? To, I'll say that again, to make provision for the flesh is to expect to fail. In other words, when I was thinking about it, it's like an alcoholic who's trying to stay sober. That's a good thing, yes? But, he tucks away a little liquor in a secret stash. Why? Just in case. Is making provisions to fail, yes? Just in case belongs to Justin. Who came, Justin? This is my joke. Anyway, don't understand. Yeah? Never mind, yes? He's making provisions in the flesh, for the flesh, and will likely fail to remain sober. Why? Because he's got Justin with him. Justin's case is there. He's not a lawyer, yes? Justin's case. He will not remain sober, yes? In a similar way, those who seek to live godly life must identify the stumbling blocks and remove them. That is why we are learning about our heart. We must not have a plan B. Okay, if this doesn't work, I'll sin. I should call plan S for sin, yes? Do you understand? You must not make provisions for that. If you seek to live godly lives, you must identify your stumbling blocks. That is why we are learning about our heart. And these stumbling blocks, be it a facade or whatever it is, deceives us. But we need to remove them. How? The truth will set you free, yes? Do you understand? And I end with this. Go to Ephesians 4.28. Do not steal. Who comes to steal, kill and destroy? The enemy, yes? Says Ephesians 4.28 says, Let them who stole steal no longer. That means we all stole before. If you say you haven't stolen You are a liar. Maybe you have not taken something physically that belongs to somebody else. But as we understand this better, we will understand what stealing really means. It says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So you work to live or you work to give. If you are under a curse, you work to live. But you work to give according to those words. You understand? That is why Jesus said, it's more blessed to give. Go to Acts 20, verse 35. I have shown you in every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Yes? Remember the rich young man who came to Jesus? Jesus said, Sell all that you have and give to the poor. Why did he say that? Obviously, it's not because Jesus had something against money or being rich. You must understand the principle behind this. Go to Psalm 112, verse 5. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. To lend something, you must have it first, yes? And to lend is giving. Meditate on these scriptures, yes? Go to Proverbs 11.25. It says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he waters will also be watered himself. So what you give... Is not in vain. The Lord sees that. Who sees that? The Lord sees that. Not another human, the Lord sees that. This is the principle behind that. Go to Matthew 1921. Jesus said to him, This is about the rich young man, yes? Matthew 1921. If you want to be perfect, all of us want to be perfect, yes. After all, the scripture says, "Be what, perfect." He perfects that which concerns you, yes. That is there. He does that. But there is something you have to do. If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. There are three things here. One, sell, give to the poor. When you do that, you'll have treasure in heaven. Why? Why is that? You'll know why. We have to know it from scripture. And the third thing is what? Come, follow me. So having treasure in heaven and following Jesus are two different things, yes? But they're connected there, of, of course connected, yes? But they're not the same. You need to be very specific about this. And I'm not going to talk about that. But let's go to Proverbs 19:17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. And he, the just capitalized, who... The Lord will pay back what he has given. This is why Jesus said to the rich young man, Sell what you have and give to the poor. Because what of this principle, He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Because the poor is not able to pay you back. So who becomes indebted here. The poor man or the Lord? The Lord indebted to you because he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will pay back what he has given. When the Lord pays you back, he gives more than what you have given. This is the principle behind it. So it's not, must be a spooky allusion to something. Oh, because I've done good, God will what? No. Do you understand? How do you know the coconut falling to the tree is good or bad? Obviously, if it falls on your head, it's not good, yes? But maybe somebody's praying, Oh, Lord, let that coconut fall so that I may have coconut for lunch. You have lunch for coconut, some—I mean—coconut for lunch. Then come to me; I'll pray for you. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Don't have an illusionary measure. Have the word. Explain the principle behind every thing that Jesus said. Is that clear? So, in this principle, God said, "If you want to be perfect." Go, that means what? Go, launch out into the deep. Go by faith. Because Jesus has told you to go, yes? Do you understand? Go, that means step out by faith. Has not the Lord told you? There are certain things that I don't wait for because the Lord has already, already revealed that through His word. Like praying for the sick. Unless the Lord tells me not to pray for someone, I'll pray because he's told me to pray. Who does the healing? Me or the Lord? The Lord does. Do you understand? What am I called to do? Lay my hands and pray. Do you understand? Yeah. Go. Then what must you do? Sell what you have. That is impossible. Impossible. What did the rich man, young man do? His face turned sour and he walked away. Why? Because he was not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that is a pearl of great price. You have that treasure. All the money in the world doesn't matter anymore. All your positions don't matter. Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that is, starts with the helmet of salvation. Do you understand that? Go sell what you have and give to the poor. So not only do you have, are you enriched because of the Holy Spirit, who becomes indebted to you. That the Lord is, and that is a good thing. Yes, if the Lord is indebted to me, yeah. How many of us can tell the Lord, you owe me? Do you understand? But then what do you owe humans? This has got nothing to do with our talk. It says, oh no man, nothing but what? Love. Do you understand? It's connected. And that love you cannot even have In the natural, maybe uh, emotions will produce that love and nonsense with it. But you need to have the unconditional love of God that allows you to give because you have the pearl of great price. Is that clear? Yes? So, like I said last week, we are nothing without Christ. That is Jesus, whom he has sent. We are nothing. And he reconciles us to God, our Father in heaven. And after that reconciliation, Mm -hmm. the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit, which helps us, he helps us overcome the world by knowing the will of God in every matter. Whatever happens, whether it be your shoelace, or something else do you understand in order that we don't get spooky we stabilize ourselves with the word of God and we belong to a church who's the head of that church Jesus is but you personally are filled with the Holy Spirit am I clear on what I'm saying yes so don't dry up and don't get all kind of deceptive spirits and blow up do you understand let's pray if you have not accepted the salvation only through Jesus Christ maybe you don't know who He is. Maybe you think you do, but don't think that this concerns you. Guard your heart, renew your mind, for under the sun there is nothing new. Proclaim throughout the ages and retold now, so that on judgment day you need not be ashamed I was ten surprised. In the beginning, back when God created everything, it was good. All creation and man was king. God warned man about disobedience and the sin that follows. But the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil made it solo. This fall led to the flood of Noah in later. To the tower of Babel where God delegated his care for nations and instead chose Israel. The devil influenced man to more evil leading to Sodom and Gomorrah. Finally to understand sin and his standards God gave us To restore all things, God gave His only begotten Son, Jesus the Messiah. On the cross, for I had seen, Jesus Christ died, rising again on the third day. He fulfilled all law's obligations and reconciled us to God. Our Father, return He will to judge, to renew, and to hand over the kingdom to God, His Father. In a heartbeat, this is what I preach. In a nutshell, this is what I teach. The song remains the same that to your ears this good news must reach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved to understand his love the peace he alone can give our Lord Jesus calls us to know the path that he has paved As the Holy Spirit guides us to realize what is true, I explain God's grace through the Holy Bible, His plan to make our life new.